It's so easy when it's been a long, exhausting day to just check out. It happened to me last night. We were uh, both sitting on the sofa. We had done our nightly game of Wordle and some laughs from uh, a YouTube channel we like. And then uh, then the phones and the tablets. And uh, it's sort of like, do you want to talk about anything? Yeah. No. I just want to look at stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so who who thinks that's a good plan? <laughs> I don't know, but I found myself doing that. So maybe that's you. I'm John Fuller, joined by my focus colleagues, Aaron and Greg Smalley. And I wonder, Greg, first, have you? And if you have, then second, how have you learned to be more disciplined with regards to the zone out and veg out with a phone or a tablet or TV? Yeah, I think it, for me, really starts... Um, with understanding the reality, you know, the, the work day can feel so long and exhausting, especially doing podcasts with a colleague, <laughs> I can say who, the draining but, individual that I have to be with. But just recognizing, yeah. right, that, that that takes a toll on all of us. And, you know, what's really helped me is to develop some discipline around even how I begin to transition home. For example, um, one of my routines is that before I leave my office, I tidy up my workspace, my desk. And there's something that just signals to me as I'm just doing a quick little clean mm -hmm. that, that I'm preparing myself to now walk to my car and to drive home. So that begins the process. Another one is is as I'm driving home, I'll put on just praise and worship music or, or some sort of music, music just for me has a way of calming me. It begins to recharge me. It's filling me up. And so I really resist the urge to jump on another business call or mm -hmm. you know, anything, other, or even as an introvert, even calling someone just to catch up as a friend, that can be exhausting. So so I'm, I'm being mindful going, okay, I just tidied up my workspace. I'm now driving home. Another routine that, that helps me kind of make that transition is to change out of my work clothes into my comfy clothes. Okay. Which go I go ahead and yeah. share. I yeah. He's got some baggy he's got like, you know, exactly. shorts, always shorts. Always shorts. But he has about three sweatshirts that he probably has owned for about 20 years. Oh, and the they best. rotate and we've named them. Oh, nice. um, <laughs> Black Beauty. What's the, the burgundy one? <laughs> Maroon Bells. Maroon Bells. <laughs> okay. Famous famous and the green one is Jolly world. Green. <laughs> Jolly Green. Are so, you a giant when you have Jolly apparently, Green? Apparently, okay. it could be more about my body size. But anyway, what what I've what discovered, does that do? yeah, it, it it just what it does is it just it helps me just to to leave work and and to really make a clean transition. Now I'm home, and now this is going to be fun and comfortable mm -hmm. and relaxing. Yeah. And and so think about for you. You know, yeah. What what would help you recharge on the drive home? Is there, you know, a, a a pivot point as you come home, maybe to change into something else or whatever? I know, Aaron, for you, that you know, when you when Aaron comes home from a long day of seeing clients, you know, you go right in and oh. and put on your pajamas and it, I don't kind of shut the what door. Time of day it is. I come home and put my PJs on. And it is just such. And I haven't named them. Okay, by that's the way. I know. I, I was I was holding my breath, going, "What's he going to say? Like, what's he named my pajamas?" And I go into our bedroom and shut the door hmm. and just take some time just to be quiet and regroup. And it can be five minutes, and then I go back out 
and rejoin the family for dinner, for whatever. Yeah. But the important thing is that I've communicated that that helps me because I, li- I work two minutes away from our house, literally two minutes That's away. That's not a long enough drive. Yeah. No. And, and you listen to a whole song. Yeah. Just to come in and join everybody when I have been pouring out and talking mm-hmm. all day long. Yeah. It's just a good transition period, but they understand and they respect that. Well, we've all been there, done that. And uh, let's go ahead and turn now to a conversation that Focus President Jim Daly had with Felicia Masonheimer and Lisa Jacobson, who shared how they've learned to better connect with their husbands during the evenings after a long day. And while we've been kind of lighthearted here, uh, they'll get into some heavier uh, challenges that occur when you really want to connect, but it's been so hard. Lisa, you share about how you and your husband got into the habit of watching TV for before bed. You know, one thing for, for I'll give Jean credit. She said, never will we ever have a TV in the bedroom. So, and, and that's not saying you did, but um, you got in the habit of watching TV. I f- have fallen into that habit. News, weather, and sports, especially football season. You know, I'm watching college games, pro games, the whole bit. And I've got to ratchet that down. But speak to that moment when you realized, okay, this is a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, we had always said we'd never have a TV in our bedroom, which we don't. But what we, how we solved it was we'd watch shows on the laptop in bed. <laughs> <laughs> that was very wise of you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> to work around. And we were in a season where we were really fried. And so we felt like at the end of the day, hey, we're just going to chill, right? We didn't want to have a deep conversation. We just wanted to... Yeah chill. And so, but it just kind of, it went on too long. And we really realized that we were missing out on that connecting, that end of the day conversation, end of the day cuddling even, just because by the time the show's over, it's like, good night, you know. And so we, I knew we needed to make a change. And um, so I just started initiating, okay, let's um, set up a board game, which we hadn't played in years. And it was really fun. You know, it was something that we didn't have to have a deep conversation. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying by just that? Like, like connection. Just, just, and then we were fun, yeah. and then he'd win, and he'd be happy. And <laughs> <laughs> you know your husband well. <laughs> Do. <laughs> um, but it was really good. It ended up on a, ended our evenings on a happy note. And then we did you know, talk at the end of the day and, and have that cuddle time. But it, it, instead of letting life happen to us, as we all know, it was that being intentional of let's have fun together. Let's do things that are just us and not always things about our kids, about mm, our ministry, about our church, about the business. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, I visited my folks just the other weekend and they're, uh, they're 60 plus years of marriage mm. and, and they have, they've developed a pattern. Mm. So it's actually a wonderful pattern. Every night after dinner, they play Yahtzee or Scrabble or Cribbage or some other, you know, upper Midwestern game together. <laughs> and and the point isn't that they're playing against each other. It's that mm-hmm. they're sitting together mm-hmm. and there's space in the rhythm of those games to talk. Mm-hmm. And it, it, can, it yeah. can be small talk, mm-hmm. but it's there's no pressure. It's flirting, but it's not the kind of flirting that we think of, right. you know, ends in right. a certain way. It's just mm-hmm. emotional connection. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. That's exactly right. I always have to be careful because we play with our two boys when they come over. I mean, we're we're playing board games, and it's always Gene and me on a team. Oh, and then Gene looks at me and goes, "Now play nice. <laughs> don't don't get competitive with me." Okay, okay, oh, yeah. So that's always the thing, Felicia. In a more serious way, you experienced uh, kind of a scary time, I think, when uh, you had a little child and you were having kind of night terrors. It sounded like yes, and it. it 
opened up a bit of emotional connection for you and your husband. Describe what was happening and mm-hmm. that vulnerability and, and how your husband responded. Yeah, so after our third child was born, a third child was born in 2020, <laughs> so there was plenty going on in the world as well. Um, and we had just, my husband came home to work in the ministry with me, and um, it was just a really hard time in a lot of ways, and I had severe postpartum anxiety. And so I would have these anxiety attacks at night, usually, when I was trying to fall asleep. And I... About the well-being of your child. About the well-being of, of mostly about my child and my children. And I wanted to not tell him what was going on because I felt like, well, it's just another thing for him to have to deal with. I know that it's anxiety. I know that this isn't like a real situation. So there's... No point in adding on to him. And I know this that chapter in the book doesn't sound like flirtation, right? It's anxiety. But the point of this book is to show these little ways you can connect. And one of the ways I did choose to connect with him was telling him, like, this is what's happening to me, and will you pray over me? And so he did every night. And uh-huh. that was just a, a super special way to invite him into a struggle but allow him to connect with me through that struggle instead of pulling away from him. No, I can understand that. I mean, even with Jean, I think an intimacy space there for her is praying together. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would not normally think of it that way, but for her, that really shows something to her Mm -hmm. that I'm willing to pray for her before we go to bed or whatever the need might be. That is a, it's not a flirtation, obviously, but it's an Mm -hmm. intimacy builder that is really good for her to hear, right? Mm -hmm. It, It kind of meets those needs emotionally and spiritually for her. some really good stuff from Felicia and uh, from Lisa. And we want you to, to know that we're updating our website with new content all the time. Uh, certainly, you can follow up on what you've heard today by stopping by the show notes. But we're going to have a link there to an article called Three Ways to Nurture the Marriage You Want. It really relates to what we've been talking about. It's going to give you some good perspectives. And it's a wonderful follow-up to the episode. Uh, so look for uh, that article in the show notes. And then if you can, make a generous donation to the Ministry of Focus on the Family and request the book by Lisa and Felicia called The Flirtation Experiment, which covers much of what they've talked about today and so much more. We'll make sure to send that book to you uh, when you make a generous donation of any amount to support the work of Focus on the Family as we um, help families thrive, as we produce podcasts and have events and provide resources and have a counseling team. There's so much that goes on here. Partner with us in ministry, and we'll say thanks by sending that book, The Flirtation Experiment. And you can find all the details uh, in the show notes. Next time, more from Felicia and Lisa about how to notice when your spouse is struggling with some pretty deep emotions. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron and our entire team, Thanks for listening. I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.